Hello, it's Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of New Hope Baptist Church here on December the 17th. And if you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. And we're going to start here in verse 1 and read a few verses and have a word of prayer if you would. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. And Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock, feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph, that's Jacob, that's his new name, remember, more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than his, than his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheave arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheave stood round about and made obeisance to my sheave. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Let's skip down to 11. And his brethren envied him, and his father, but his father observed his saying. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will show us what you would have for us in your word today. We love you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, here Joseph uh, was a young man, a favored son of his father, which we could talk about. It's not really pertinent to the message today, but, you know, it's tough when you, you have to be careful having favoritism towards one child, right? <laughs> it affects the others, but besides that. He had a good relationship with his dad. And we're going to talk today about walking with God in hard times. But before we get to that point, who is this boy that we're going to talk about? Joseph. Well, he's a young man that apparently was raised well enough that not only did he have a good relationship with his dad, but he had a relationship with God that was close enough that God was revealing some things through his dreams. Now, this is how God worked in those days. And he was being shown a little window into the future. And we know that his dad really took note of him because it says in that last verse, his dad observed these sayings. His brothers apparently weren't close enough to God to even think that this could be true. All they saw was jealousy. And, of course, in the beginning, they're saying that he had brought an evil report of his brothers. Probably didn't go over well either, did it? But he had a good relationship with the Lord to the point where God was showing him things. That's important. 
because he's starting out right. Life is going to throw you some curveballs, isn't it? I had a, a conversation with my grandson the other day. He was watching a, a religious uh, thing, and, and we got done with it. and talked about being in front of the good Lord one day, and I said, okay, William, we watch that. If I were God, why should I let you into my heaven? You know what he said? 12 years old. He said, well, Pap, he said, I don't deserve to go to heaven. I'm a sinner. But I know, because the Bible says, if I asked him into my heart as my Lord and Savior and repent and ask him to forgive me of my sins and I turn from them to him, that I'm born again. And that because he doesn't lie and he promised if I did that and meant it, that my name would be written in the book and that I would be able to get into heaven because Jesus paid for my sins. Now, 12-year-old boy got that. You know why? Because he's being raised right. Isn't that something? Made me feel comfortable. I got a boy going to heaven, right? But even above that, I'm thinking, wow, he's being raised right. When he gets older, he's going to know, what do I know about this? Or what do I know about that? How am I going to do this? What should I do here? And he's going to look at the Bible for answers. And so Joseph was being raised right. And he's going to look at the Lord for the answers in his life. And he's going to need them. He's going to have a tough life ahead of him. But there's a purpose to the present. There's a purpose for Joseph's uh, problems he's going to go through. So, keeping that in mind, let's look down here in the uh, same chapter, but down here in verse 23. And it says, And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat of many colors that was with him, and they took him, and they cast him into the pit that was empty, and there was no water in it. And we skip down to verse 28. And there passed by Midianites and, and, and merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they, bought Joseph, they brought Joseph into Egypt. Well, what do you do as a godly man, godly boy, godly woman even? What do you do when life treats you in such a manner? What would you do? What would I do? Good question, isn't it? These health and wealth preachers, they say if things aren't going right, that means you're not right with God. Ah, baloney. That's Greek for baloney. That's right. Life sometimes smacks you in the side of the head. And then what do you do about it? It's not so much of what happens to you, but what do you do about it? Well, Walking with God in hard times? Let's see how a faithful, godly man walks in hard times. He is a slave now. He's going into Egypt, a faraway land. A favored son of his father. A boy that has a good relationship with the Lord. What is he going to do? Well, let's look in chapter 39, the first few verses. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard of Egypt, bought him 
out of the hands of the Ishmaelites. So now he's sold, not only into slavery, but somebody bought him as a piece of property, which had brought him down to thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. There you go. The Lord is still with him. And he was prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he had, that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him. And he made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put into his hand. And it goes on to describe the blessing that Joseph not only had had happened to him, even in being a slave, but also um, Potiphar's house was being blessed. Isn't that something? Because he was in it. What do you do when these things happen to you? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You keep on serving the Lord. And that's what Joseph did. And God put his hand on him and was working through that young man's life. Now everything's going to be peachy, right? No, not quite. Let's look in chapter 39. Starting here in verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wadeth not what is with me in this house, and he hath committed all that he had into my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness against or wickedness and sin against God? Now, more than against Potiphar, he's saying against God. He remembers and he's serving the Lord. And of course, she keeps this on, keeps this up every day, keeps it up. And she corners him. She gets him alone in the house. With no, the men had left. Oh boy, I tell you what, if he'd noticed that, he should have left right then. But what's he do? She's tempting him, right? Verse 12, and she caught him by his garment. She's tempting him again and said, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled. Now he did the right thing. Not only did he say no, and he had said it before, but he said no. He, he just, you know, I can't get away now. I'm running. He ran. What happens when sin comes to your life? Run. Get away. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't do it. Run. Don't you think you're stronger than the next guy or woman? You run. And that's what he did. And it came to pass that when she saw that she, he had left the garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. And he came in to me to lie with me. And I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass that when he heard that I lifted up my voice and he cried, that he left his garment with me. Now she lied. And of course she lies to her husband. We get into verse 20, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were. Now, I kind of believe that he knew because him being a slave, 
If he really did try to molest his wife, what do you think he'd have done? I think he'd have killed him. But he had to save face. And I think this had probably happened before. But he had to save face. So he put him into the prison. So now, sold into slavery, betrayed by his brothers. The only one to have more authority than him in this house was Potiphar. The husband, the owner. Man, what do you do? What do you do when you're falsely accused? When life happens to you in such a way that it seems as though there's no hope. He's a slave. Now he's falsely accused. Now he's a prisoner. What would you do? What would I do? When you're a man that walks with God, do you walk with him in the hard times or do you deny him? Well, let's see what Joseph does. In this chapter, in verse 21, and but, but the Lord was with Joseph. Ah, look there, right off the bat. And he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whosoever they did, and what, excuse me, whatsoever they did, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, but because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. So he's a slave. Now he's a slave that's a prisoner, and he keeps serving the Lord. God's hand is on a man or a woman that keeps serving him. Sometimes it doesn't look to others like it's a blessing. But God will be there for you. Walking with God in the hard times. Can you? With the power of God you can. And that's what Joseph did. In his faithfulness and his relationship with God was so close that God's power he interpreted another pris two prisoners um, their dreams. Remember, he interpreted the dream that he had. Now he's interpreting dreams of other prisoners. God, of course, it wasn't him; it was the Lord doing it through him. He interpreted the dream of the butler and the favor, or excuse me, and the butler and uh, the baker. And of course, the baker ends up getting killed. Like he said, it would happen, and the butler gets freed. He said, you remember me when you get out of here? And he forgot. He's forgotten now. But that's okay. He still serves the Lord. What do you do when all these things happen to you? Well, let's look in chapter 41. Running out of time here. Trying to, to skirt some of these verses for the sake of time. I'd encourage you to read this whole thing. Uh, this week, it is a great set of verses on a great man of God. Chapter 41, and then we're going to look at around verse 9. And this is the butler now that he remembers something. He says, because Pharaoh started having a dream and nobody can interpret. And uh, then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, that's the king of that area, saying, I do remember my faults this day, Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in the inward and the captain of the guard's house and both me and the chief baker 
and we dreamed a dream in the night, and I and he, and he dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream, and there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant, to the captain of the guard, and we told him the interpreted, and he interpreted unto us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret, and it came to pass as he interpreted us, so it was. Me he restored to my office, and him he behanged. So he remembered him, this Pharaoh having this dream, and he wanted to tell him, you know what, I remember. There is a godly man. There is a godly man that could interpret your dream, king. Verse 15, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, he got him uh, gathered up out of that prison. He says, I have dreamed a dream, and there have none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh and saying, It is not me. God shall give Pharaoh the answer of peace. He gives the credit to God. He gives the credit to God. So, God does bless. He brought him in front of the king. Well, does it matter? Will it matter? Well, let's look here in verse 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee, and he, he had interpreted his dream, in other words, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none that discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Then took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. Now, he goes from having a coat of many colors to the clothes of a slave, to the clothes of a prisoner. And now he goes to the clothes of royalty and the ring of the king on his hand. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And Pharaoh puts him in charge of the kingdom because he is going to get it ready for this famine that's getting ready to come. Can you imagine? <clears throat> is there a purpose to the present? There sure is. Now, he's getting everything ready and there is a famine that does come. And here comes his brothers. Here comes his brothers. They come and seek food, and he sees them. And there's a story that goes along with that. We're really not going to get into. We don't have the time. Because he wants to see his younger brother. But in chapter 45, do you think he gets revenge? Do you think he has vengeance against his brothers? Well, let's look in 45, chapter 45, verse verse. One it says, and Joseph could not refrain himself before all them, all them that stood by him, and he cried, caused every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren, and he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of the Pharaoh heard, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brothers could not answer him. For they were troubled. I'll bet you they were troubled in his presence. He could have them killed if he wanted to. He could have wiped them out. 
with the authority that he had. Is he going to? Well, let's look what a godly man does that walks with God in hard times. Does he gain some wisdom? Does he get retribution? Verse 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near unto me, I pray you. And they came near and said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you, you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by the great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and a lord unto all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land. You know, God has a purpose, my friend. And Joseph, a man that walked with God in hard times, understands that. He didn't take revenge. He preserved his brother's life. Isn't it interesting that at the beginning that it was sheaves? If you know what a sheave is, you know, you get the wheat in that and you gather it up in a bundle and it's the sheaves that you'll, you'll come back to gather to prepare it for food. Food. And he preserved with food the people of that place and his brother and his father. Isn't that something? Joseph did not seek vengeance. But knowing that God had worked through him to save not only Egypt, but his own people. I'm telling you. It did a couple things, really. It saved them from the immediate uh, drought, from the immediate famine. But also, although they end up slaves later on, it put them in the land of Goshen. And it removed them from their promised land for the moment, for, for a few hundred years, so that they could grow in number and safety. And they, they became a multitude of people to where the Egyptians feared them. They became so many in the land of Goshen. God had a purpose to save them from the immediate and to save them for the future of their people. All provided unto them through a man, a boy that walked with God that walk with God, even in the hard times. If you get old enough, you know as well as I do that you, hopefully you get some wisdom with it. Sometimes people don't, do they? And you can kind of understand these things. Some things are a waste of time. Vengeance, that's a waste of time. Hatred, that's a waste of time. We have too much work to do, my friend. There are people that need to know about Jesus Christ the God of this, the, the, the God that, that wants to save this world, most people will turn away from him. But it's still our job to tell them. That's why we're here. It's still our job to tell them. Galatians 6 9. 
We should serve God no matter what. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for a due season we shall reap if we faint not. Same as, just as Joseph had the integrity and relationship with God to allow him to reap God's favor, we need to, in our day, consider this fact in our own lives to serve the Lord in hard times. Don't you let what you're going through stop you from serving him. Don't you let a person, don't you let a place, don't you let a job, don't you let anything come between you and the Lord and his will for your life. Well, I know I've ran over today. I usually try to keep this to 20 minutes. There's so much here. I would encourage you to read this whole few chapters. Start way back here in chapter 37 and work your way up through chapter 45. Joseph is really, he's a representation of Jesus in the Old Testament. No sin is mentioned in Joseph's life. Now that doesn't mean he's sinless, but only because I believe he's a representation. And there's so many lessons beside what we had talked about today. I would encourage you to read this. Well, my friends, I hope you have a great day, a great week. Coming up on Christmas next week, yes? Please witness to some poor lost soul, would you? God bless you, my friends.